Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Move Forward podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kim Moss. I'm so glad you're here today. We are in the middle of a series called The Test After Breakthrough, and we are talking about uh, that test that came to the Israelites under Moses after they had crossed through the Red Sea. They had had such a big breakthrough, and they were so excited, and then they hit the waters of Marah. So let's read, shall we? Exodus 15. Verses 22 to 27. Yes, I do have my paper Bible. I think I mentioned that before. I like my paper Bible. Bitter water is made sweet. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days into the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. And there the Lord made for them a statute and a rule, and there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. Then they came to Elim, where there were twelve springs of water, seventy palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. So the last few weeks we have been talking about what that meant three days, that the timing was so important to this story, and that three days actually symbolized a time of fulfillment. It also was a an illusion which hearkened back to an earlier time when Moses had gone before Pharaoh and asked him to let his people go. But when he asked him to let his people go, and, and the Pharaoh asked, why should I do such a thing? He, they said to him, well, let us go three days into the wilderness that we might worship our God. Because when they went into the wilderness to worship their God, they were going to come to Mount Sinai and they were going to personally hear the voice of the Lord and they were going to receive from him how he saw them. They were going to learn from him their true identity and the call and the purpose for which they were created and made into a nation. They were going to discover that they were God's treasured people, that they were a holy nation, that they were those who were going to show a corrupt and perverted world that there was a blessing to be had when they came to the Lord. They were supposed to be a sign and a wonder. But we found out in the last couple of weeks that they grumbled and they complained. And when they did that, they were stuck in their bondage. They were still stuck in their understanding of who they were, slaves under a hard taskmaster, still back in Egypt, though they had been already set free and seen the miraculous works of the Lord on their behalf. It was hard for them, but God had brought them to this place, this water of Marah, the bitter place, the bitter thing that happened right after their breakthrough, right at the time when they're thinking, here we go. It's all down here from here. Here, It's going to be from glory to glory and strength to strength. How often I hear these kinds of things from Christians that I know and people that are walking with the Lord. And then when they hit another bitter place, after they've been rescued from the last place, it pulls the rug right out from under them. It's hard to understand. 
and they think they're being punished and they go over and over and over in an introspection. What have I done wrong? Where have I sinned? Am I that bad? Does God not love me? Am I less than? And they, they are bombarded with these thoughts of insecurity and inadequacy and punishment actually, because the Bible says that fear has to do with punishment, but the perfect love of God casts out all fear. But God brought them to this place and allowed them to go this very way on their journey to hit this very place. They come to this place of Marah, this bitter place, and they think that they're being punished and they can't believe it. They're used to being punished. Think about that. They have been traumatized for 400 years. They're used to uh, being thought of as less than, not being adequately cared for or supplied or sustained. And so they're sure it's another punishment, this bitter place. And so their default response is negativity. And the heart of that response is grumbling and complaining that rewires your brain and gets you stuck in that place. And it is actually a root that comes from unbelief. And so we talked about God then brings them to this place, but he brings them there to bring them a new revelation. And what is the new revelation? It's a new name. (laughs) And I know that sounds funny, like a new name. What's the big deal about that? But see, names in scripture are very important because names in scripture, especially in the Hebrew Bible, which is the Old Testament, names are signals and signs and expressions of a person's character. And so what he's actually essentially doing here is that when Moses cried out to him what to do, he said, I am the Lord, your healer. He revealed another aspect of his character. He had revealed to them already that they, that he was their deliverer when he delivered them from Egypt and from the Red Sea. And now after they were delivered from their bondage, now they needed healing. Isn't that interesting? Think about that. Sometimes when we are in bondage, when we have been stuck for a very long time under something that has wounded us, and we have learned how to cope with that in a very dysfunctional way, sometimes we get delivered from that bondage, but we then need healing. It's the next phase in bringing us back into the fullness of our identity so that we can walk the journey with God and fulfill the purpose for which we were created. And we talked about how when God revealed to him, to them, his new name, you see, it came with a requirement. And what was the requirement? Would they hear his voice and live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God? Even Jesus, when he restores everything, he restores to us the Holy Spirit that is poured out in the, on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts. Why? So that we can again hear God's voice. And we would also have the power within and the grace to walk out whatever he says to us. And we've talked about last time that the Egyptians, though, they didn't listen. See, their hardness of heart kept them from receiving revelation that would have kept them from the plague and from death and destruction. And we talked about how in our season of breakthrough, When everything begins to break through and we are in a new era and we come into this time and there's turbulence and noise and all kinds of things around us that we think another bitter place, another bitter event. 
that rather than defaulting to grumbling and complaining, what we need to do is we need to stop and say, God, what are you saying? I'm opening my ears right now, God, to hear what you are saying. Last week, the Lord had been speaking to me about hearing. And I realized that all around me, I am hearing lots of defensive communication. I don't know if you've ever heard what about that kind of thing. But defensive communication is when, when, when you are feeling insecure or you have a certain kind of a wounding, it's a block to your hearing because you are defending yourself as you hear. You can't bear to hear anything that would be that would feel like, even if it's not an accusation or, um, or someone pointing out something that you've done wrong, you, you can't hear it because you can't bear to hear it. And so we listen with defensiveness, waiting to defend ourselves. And it's actually a block to our hearing. And it actually is a point of healing that has to happen. See, people who know who they really are and know that they are really loved, They don't have to listen defensively and constantly defend themselves. They know that God is their defender. And so what is happening here in our story? Well, let me tell you, God was making a covenant of healing with his people. He uses his covenant name, I am. I am the Lord, your healer. He's pointing out his eternal existence. He's pointing out his timelessness, his unchanging nature. When he says, I am your healer, it is a fresh revelation of his love and his blessing, his nature and his character. Psalm 103.3 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and don't forget his benefits. He forgives your iniquities and he heals all your diseases. And he does it by his own choice. Wow. And he does it because of who he is. You see, what's happening here is he is making himself fully available to his people for their healing, for their provision, for their protection. He has already he has already revealed himself as their deliverer by bringing them through the wilderness of Shur as we talked about last time by bringing them through the wilderness of Shur it was an allusion back to a time when Hagar who was an Egyptian slave being abused by her mistress who nobody should have cared about one bit he saw her in the desert he provided for her and she called him the god who sees he's the god who sees me and provides for me and he opens up my eyes to see him in this way so i can depend and trust on him gosh he's so smart isn't he and now we find out he's our healer not because we deserve it <laughs> by his own choice by his choosing he chooses us And he wants us whole, and he wants us healed, and he wants us delivered, and he wants us to fulfill the purpose for which he created us. And so by his own choice and because of who he is, he makes himself fully available to his people for their healing. And God commits himself. When he makes a covenant using his covenant name, he is committing himself to their well-being. Have you ever thought about that? That God is committed to your well-being. He doesn't just make it like a future promise. Someday, sometime way out there, 
in the years to come when you're old and gray or just before you die. No, it's he has a commitment that is ongoing every day. Do you know that's what salvation is? Do you know the word sozo in the New Testament? When, when that word is used for our salvation, it's used in the verb form that in the Greek means that it's ongoing every day eternally. So, so many of us, we think that our salvation is a one-time event. Like, you know, I had this, I had this encounter with the Lord. I knew that he was asking me to get, you know, or someone came to me and told me all about Jesus. And I said, okay, I want him. I'll let him in my life. And you, you give your heart to Jesus and it's this wonderful moment. And we think that that's it. We walk on our way. But see, sozo is so much more than this, than the salvation that gives us eternal life. Sozo is an ongoing healing and deliverance and restoration and sanctification. It's ongoing forgiveness. That's why it's such good news. It's not a one-time thing, and then you're on your own. And see, God is here in this place. He is making a commitment to his people that he loves and he knows they are wounded. He knows that he has brought them out of Egypt, but now he needs to bring Egypt out of them. And he's going to do it by healing them. And so he brought them to this place, this very test to show them again, here's who I'm going to be on your behalf. Here is how you can look for me. Here is how you can look to me. Here is what you can depend on me for. Here is another place where you can trust me. And I'm committing myself to you because I choose you, because I love you, because I'm going to be your God and you are going to be my people. See, his heart in this test is to reveal to them that he is a God who can be trusted. To receive him in this way, they just need to hear his voice and respond with faith to his word. That's how it is for all of us. And so when Moses cried out about the bitter waters, it says God showed him a log. God showed him a tree. And when Moses threw the tree into the bitter waters, he turned the bitter into sweet. Can you hear what the Holy Spirit is saying? This is what the Holy Spirit is trying to say. When you come to the test of bitter waters, know that in that very place, I want to bring revelation about your identity about where it is not established, you and those who are going with you, your spouse, your children, your ministry partners, your friends, your nation. And I want to show you who I'm going to be for you in this next season. I am your healer who turns the bitter into sweet. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. What is the prophetic point of all this? The prophetic point is after a breakthrough, when you finally get the breakthrough that you've been praying for and we've been watching for it, listen, we have been asking for a breakthrough into a new era in which we would see a move of God and it has begun. It has begun with this new era that has started with 2020. 
That's why we're seeing all of this going on. That's why we're seeing all of this violence. That's why we're seeing all of this turmoil. That's why we're seeing the, the clash of the kingdoms that is represented and symbolized in the clash of the politic the of the political parties and, and all of these out of the angst that is going on and the COVID that has come. Listen, we are experiencing the beginning of the throes of revival and a visitation by God. Is the enemy mixed up in all that? Oh yeah, you bet. There's demons all over the place. Absolutely true. But God is working and he is doing something to break through an old season into a new season. Listen, my seminary professor used to always say, that there's a breakdown before there's a breakthrough. And I know that last year, during last year, there were many, many churches that I knew, and myself included, we did 40 days fast asking for a breakthrough. Well, I'm telling you, this is what we're seeing. It just doesn't usually look the way we hope it looks like and the way we want it to look like. And then when a breakthrough comes, listen, after a breakthrough, oftentimes we still hit another place that we think is a bitter experience and we don't know what that's about. And we're like, yeah, really, God, what's this all about? And listen, in that very place, we better stop and we better open our ears and we better look to God and say, what is it that you want to show me, God, that I need to know for this next season so I can walk with you, come into my full identity and do what you have called me to do. And so what is the prophetic point? Well, I'm about to tell you after breakthrough, don't fall into your old patterns. Don't fall backwards, fall forward. Ask the Holy Spirit to renew your mind. Break every agreement with negativity, bitterness, grumbling, and complaining. There will be tests, make no mistake. There's gonna be warfare, make no mistake. And in that moment, we need to allow God to open our eyes to see Him. He is bringing us to these places in our promised land that will test old paradigms. Are we going to allow him to break those paradigms down so that we can have a renewed mind and see him how he really is, see things how they really are, and walk in the way that we are called to walk, being worthy of the call on our lives? God wants to show us something that we have not understood and that we have yet to experience so that we can walk in our future the way he is asking us to. You know, I know you've heard it a million times. You know how other people say it? I'm telling you, I've, heard, I've already heard it like three or four times from several prophets when they're prophesying and when they're giving other messages just since January of this year. And they tell you what was what you did in the old season can't come into the new season. What worked in the old season can't come into the new season. Well, they're absolutely right. I'm just saying it in different words. And when you come upon a challenging or difficult circumstance, let me tell you, a dry place, a bitter experience, you better be seeking him and listening carefully because he is about to give you fresh revelation for your future. It's not a punishment. He's trying to open up your eyes. He's trying to circumcise your heart. He's trying to shake things off of you so that the things of faith can remain so that you can endure to the end and receive the promise. See, in this time, we are supposed to be taking new ground. We're supposed to be taking new territory in our personal lives, in our finances, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our nations, in our cities. And when we see turmoil and trouble, 
We cannot get stuck in negativity and start complaining and grumbling because I'm telling you what? I'm telling you that I'm telling you that I'm telling you. Your words matter. And what you say by faith, whether it's faith in God for something good or faith in something the enemy has said to you and you've come under a deception, you're going to have what you say because your words going to have power this season. This is the kind of era we have entered into. And when we grumble and complain, we only get stuck. And then we go into deeper and deeper ingrained patterns of negativity. It's a form of slavery. It's bondage. God's trying to release us in this time. We have to break the habit of negativity now. Because it's from the last season, it can't come into this new season. It will affect your ability to respond to the word of God. It will affect your ability to walk with God in this new era. We can't afford it. We can't afford the luxury of being negative. We can't afford, oh, do you have the right to complain and get mad and push? Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, go go for it. But as we said, there's a cost to that. And it just might cost you the very revelation that you need so that you can fulfill that promise and see it come to pass in your life that God has been waiting to send your way. Listen, I'm here to tell you the nations are waiting for us. They are waiting for the church to rise up and be the church, powerful, influential. Not negative, but with the good news on our lips. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Comes right to my mind. The nations are waiting for beautiful feet to bring the good news. We need some good news right now. And Jesus has that good news. Would you let me pray for you right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, if we've been stuck anywhere, God, we're asking you to get us unstuck today. Father, we're asking that we begin to see the prophetic import of this time. Father, we just, we just repent if we have in any way given in to defensive communication that has been a block to our ability to hear what you are saying through others, Lord God, through, yes, through people groups, Lord Jesus, even through the news. But Lord, we're asking, Lord, I'm asking, Lord Jesus, that you would give us the kind of discernment, Lord Jesus, that we can tell the counterfeit from the real that we don't give in to a lie, that we don't speak by faith according to a lie that the enemy has planted in us and in our mind and in our heart through, I don't know, the news, neighbor, whatever it is. Because see, we can blame everything that's around us, people of God, but I'm telling you what, you know, God holds us responsible for how we respond and what we are listening to and what we are seeing and then the revelation with which we have. And Jesus said that those who have, those who have will be given more. Why? Because revelation is, is progressive. So that means that whatever revelation you have at this time, he wants to add to it, but it may not come in the way that is convenient or nice or easy for you. 
He may have to test us so that we can see what is blocking our ability to receive that next revelation that will send us further. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, would you show us? If you, would you show us if there's a block to our hearing? And, Father, we say, yes, come and give us revelation. We want to walk in a manner worthy of the call in this time. And we thank you that you are working hard to bring us to that place and that you have committed to us for our well-being and we can trust you in that. And if I don't feel well today and if I don't feel at peace today, I can receive it from you right now. Receive peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, bless you. Thank you for being with me today. And I can't wait to end this uh, series next week when we finish our series on the test after breakthrough. I'll see you next week.